This is Arc Talk, a podcast that explores emerging technology, ingenuity, and creativity in air travel. For this episode, we are going to dig into what the air travel industry is doing to support this new health-focused era of travel, how systems are being adapted and developed to support deeper communication around health, safety, and schedule changes, as well as technology disruptions and other developments shaking our ecosystem. I'm joined today by Jay Boehner, Editor-in-Chief of The Beat, for this discussion. Jay, welcome. Thanks, Peter. It's great to see you. I'm sorry we're not doing this, you know, live and in person at Travel Connect. I think you know it's been on my calendar every year for years. It's a great event. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to, to join you virtually. It pales in comparison to the experience, but I look forward to a happy and safe return in 2021. So thanks for having me. I'm happy to join. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for doing this. I know that um, I always look forward to any opportunity to get to hear you um, speak or usually grill people. Um. Yes. <laughs> Normally I'm on the other side of these kind of dialogues, right? You know, asking the questions. So we'll, we'll see how it goes and uh, you know, if I have anything actually interesting to say, but, uh, but I'll do my best. Thanks. <laughs> for sure. So I want to talk about kind of, let's set the stage a little bit, right? So where are we? You know, it's mid-July. Um, and what does stuff look like? I know that um, I was looking at some of our settled ticketing data yesterday. Um, I think you did an article yesterday on the same on the same data. Um, but you know, what I've noticed is that we, we really hit that bottom, that bottoming out back in middle of April. And we've seen this like steady rise just overall from a transaction perspective um, over the last nine or for about nine weeks, I guess it was, um, largely led by the OTAs um, with corporate travel still very, very um, depressed. Mm -hmm. That being said, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen those transactions go back down overall. We saw some slight uptick in terms of the, um, in terms of the corporate space, but again, it went kind of back down this past this past week. Um, so I think they're at about 90% for the TMC market, 90% down. So there's clearly anxiety out there right now with rising cases, um, confusion around different policies. It's a very fractured environment, whether it's from a nation to nation perspective, or even at this point, a state to state perspective, right. or in some instances, even locally. I know here in Colorado, some counties have like mask ordinances, others right. don't. It's very confusing. So to kind of like dig into that anxiety a little bit more, I think travelers are really looking at, I need information about my destination. I need information uh -huh. about my trip. I need information about what happens when I get back. Right. <laughs> Do I have right. a quarantine? So right. to that point, we're seeing some of some TMCs doing some interesting stuff in terms of making that information more readily available. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about that and sort of what, what yeah. we've seen so far? Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, Art, you're sitting on, you know, some of the best data out there to see, you know, where the, where, where the booking curves are going and where the demand is. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was looking at that this week too. And, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, disheartening to see, you know, a, a climb, you know, going up and then kind of come back down a little mm -hmm. bit. I think, I don't think anyone promised us, you know, this clear straight line out of this. Um, so we're kind of seeing that it's, it's, it's choppy. It's a little bit bumpy. Um, you know, on the on the business traveler side and kind of that anxiety or, you know, what, what does travel look like right now? I was talking to, so it was um, 
Paul Abbott, the CEO of American Express Global Business Travel, and he, he made a good point. He's like, you know, corporate travelers, especially these road warriors, have been on autopilot for years, right? They can just do this. You know, they, they know how to book. They know where they're going. They know the airport experience. They know, you know, everything about the, you know, the, the plane ride. They have their favorite hotel. You know, they, they just have gone through this so seamlessly for years. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, you know, for those, you know, and let's just say it's still that these fuel soul, you know, few souls who are actually traveling right now on the corporate side, it's a very different experience. There's just no one, it seems like it's not clear what to expect. And, and, and you mentioned that, right? In destination, mm-hmm. in flight, at the airport. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's been a big part about instilling, you know, kind of, you know, comfort and trust in the system is just information, right? Here's what to expect. And you know, you kind of alluded to this, a lot of the travel management companies, which is a space I, I cover really closely, are saying, okay, this is the information travelers need right now. Let's, um, you know, tell them what the entry requirements are. Let's tell them what it's like coming back, right? If there's quarantine mm-hmm. measures in your, you know, in your, your, your home market, you know, as you return from a trip, what, what do we expect on the, on the flight? Do we wear a mask? Is the middle seat blocked? Is there meal service? Um, and then, you know, on to the hotel part, you know, like what are their, their, their sanitation protocols? You know, what are the things that they're doing that kind of give me comfort in, in staying here? So it's, it's a very different world right now. It's one that maybe those, those frequent road warriors just aren't comfortable with. I would say not comfortable with it. There's just so much unknown and it's changing every day, right? We're seeing the, the quarantine restrictions kind of, you know, tighten up a little bit as, as COVID cases rise. You know, we're seeing, you know, the airline policies and what they're doing in the air kind of, you know, get tweaked from, from, from time to time. So, so yeah, I think that's really an important part of what the, you know, the DMT space and the corporate space is doing is just really saying, here's what to expect. Here's the procedure. Here's what travel is, is going to look like. So I think that's been, you know, one of the, the, the later kind of initiatives that we're seeing, you know, a lot of, you know, kind of corporate agencies pay attention to right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're seeing, I think there's the TMCs in some instances, they're developing their own systems right. um, in order to make that information like public, actually, actually publicly available. I, I, I interestingly, I sent the Amex GBT. Um, they're, their public site to a friend the other day because she was asking like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you might find information in here. Um, but we're also seeing like these companies pop up to kind of move into this space and even yeah. some acquisitions, interestingly enough. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm guessing you're alluding to, so there is a um, kind of a, 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 you know, like a digital travel management company, relatively new called Travel Perk. They're based in, in Europe. And I don't know if it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, however long ago, they acquired a company I never heard of that didn't, I, I don't think they existed a year ago. They're called Albatross. And that's what they do. They, they kind of have, you know, whatever their secret sauce is, they can mine all these kind of local jurisdictional rules, right? Like here's the mask requirement in this city right now, um, you know, if you're in a public place. And the idea is to mine all that you know, aggregate it and then put it in a, in a format that's, that's, that's digestible. So, so yeah, it's interesting to see that we saw our first COVID related, well, I don't know about first, but you know, a COVID related data startup that launched, put something out and then got acquired. So it's kind of an interesting side though, but I think it just speaks to, you know, that's a really important thing for campus right now. You know, I don't know yeah. how long, you know, the need for this um, lasts, but right now it's about, 
giving the right relevant information because it's a patchwork of of of, of stuff and it's you know it's 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 you know health bodies and you know um states and nations that are kind of changing their policies that impact the traveler experience that i don't think this industry was ever you know outside of risk management providers mm-hmm. that we kind of give you know alerts and they've been digesting this type of information for a while i don't know if it's been you know as top of mind so you know as you know travel agencies are great about finding you know fair data and here's the pitch of uh you know this particular uh you know on this particular aircraft and this and this class of service and now it's kind of like how do we get all this information about you know uh policies around you know kind of um you know health policies and those kinds right. of things so interesting yeah and just the the rate at which things change it's uh, it's uh, unless you can automate to a certain degree it's got to be just such a heavy like lift from a manual perspective i mean i think even i haven't looked today but at least as of yesterday like new york state had added a bunch of other states to their own quarantine list and suddenly they're up to 22 which is bonkers when you think about it it's almost half the country right right and how do you automate that? Do you have to right. you have to have someone who goes to a site and takes that information and extracts it? So, so it's an interesting thing. And you know, I, I think the interesting side note to that is how much how much does you know aggregating and collating and, and making sense of this data? How much of that becomes kind of a differentiator for TMCs? Mm-hmm. Like, do they go out and say, "Hey, we have the latest information from you know X number of jurisdictions, and 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 that's why you want to work with us," mm-hmm. or does it become kind of a Hey, we all have this problem. We all want to instill comfort in travel and travelers. So, is there a more kind of collective response to this? So, I think that, I, I think those questions will get will get answered. But I don't know if TMCs, especially as they're you know kind of resource constrained, how much value they're adding by spinning their same wheels on aggregating the same data mm-hmm. to, to, to give to travelers. So, um, so I I think it would be interesting to see maybe a more you know industry based solution uh, to that. But um, yeah, yeah, that would need to be. Yeah, an opportunity for collaboration standardization in order to yeah. yeah, to kind of spread the spread the pain of going through the collection yeah. process. <laughs> yeah. Um I guess so if we talk kind of about so there's about like pre-trip, right? There's ways for people to get the information that they need in order about to understand the destination to which they're going, right? But then you start talking about like, well, what about the information regarding what my trip is going to be like, my experience, right. my um what standards are in place and i know that you know route happy recently started pushing some of that information through um through their system into obts and 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 so on and so i think um you know i guess just curious what your kind of thoughts around about that were um particularly yeah and and you know what i will say just looking at you know the different online booking tool providers in the corporate space um you know the route happy um i think they're called the reassurance upas universal product attributes Mm-hmm. Um, they've been, you know, pretty widely adopted. I think they said, okay, this is information that travelers want is they're either researching a trip or booking a trip. They want to know, you know, what are the cleanliness protocols um, in flight? What are the mask policies? What are what what are the ticket change and flexibility, you know, kind of kind of elements? Those have been, you know, just 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 changing, um, you know, so much lately. Um, but no, I, I I thought it was a uh, it was a good idea for for Route Happy. And we go back to like standardization, right? right. Like here's a central repository for this information and everyone can tap it and there's not necessarily a competitive differentiator but like here is the information travelers might be interested in right now to yeah. surface it to them and really i think it's a sign of the times right i mean route happy has been 
aggregating information from airlines for a long time, right? And, you know, these universal product attributes have been there if they want to kind of convey either product attributes or what the in-flight experience is like. So so maybe a year ago, uh, airlines would, would really like to use these kind of shelves to be like, here's our new first class product and here's a photo of it and isn't it beautiful? Whereas now we're kind of using that same mechanism to say, Here's, you know, here's our air filtration system and, you know, here's how frequently we're cleaning and, you know, we're, we're doing X, Y, and Z. So it's interesting to kind of repurpose some of the infrastructure that's been around just to convey the information that, you know, I, I, I guess travelers are, are uh, you know, a little more interested in right now. Yeah. And like, that's something that it's a good example of something I'm not necessarily surprised about, but it was just what I've been really heartened to see is how this industry has kind of come together to basically rewrite a lot of what we do, right? right. Um, you made a really good point at the beginning about how, especially with business travel and those road wires, like it's it's always it's been autopilot, right? right? And you know, is not a hardcore road warrior, but as someone who frequently traveled prior to this, um, yeah. you know, I totally understand that. Like I know my process. I know pretty much roughly which, like which, exactly which flight I'm going to take from Denver to DC, right? right? I don't even think about it. I know which hotel I'm going to yeah. stay at. Like it just goes, yeah. I go through the motions and I've never actually had to think about like, you know, what, what's the equipment I'm flying on, right? right. What are they doing right. on that flight? And right. Right. it's just been really fascinating to watch how we've all kind of like repurposed different systems or mm -hmm. completely overhauled systems as we've needed to, right? So, you know, with our refunds, you know, refunds went inverted basically. And right. essentially we redid settlement over the course of two weeks and our processes around right. it in order to manage trying to push and pull on all these cash refunds. And it's just, it's something that I know this industry, like we have a long history of very ingrained systems and processes and they're there for a reason. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when we need to move, we, we can, and we've shown that right. through this whole, through this whole right. ordeal so far. Yeah, exactly. And for ARC, I mean, you probably never want to do negative settlement again. You know, no. Kind of more, <laughs> hey, hey, but now you know how, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, have to, you know, rejigger everything to 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 enable that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think um, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think the unused ticket thing is 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 interesting, or you know, uh, you know, refunds or, or lack thereof or whatever, or kind of applying future credits. And that's been a mm -hmm. problem, or you know, something that TMCs have had to address as well, right? I mean, yeah. they've always had ticket tracking management and here's how we, you know, redeem these credits to book the next trip. Um, but I think those systems are really getting tested because we're just seeing volumes we've never seen before. Um, so, so, so yeah, I think those are the kind of systems that, you know, travel management companies and probably travel agencies in general are, are really looking at, refining those processes. And again, these have been around, there's been mm -hmm. unused ticket tracking databases, but with, you know, rule changes and, you know, how, you know, lenient supplier, you know, airline suppliers are being with name changes. There's a lot to navigate. And then eventually we have a wave of, mm -hmm. you know, when travel does resume in the corporate space, I mean, there's, there's, there's companies out there, large companies that have millions upon millions of dollars in unused credit that, you know, it's, it's money paid that they want to use. So I think they'll really have to refine how they, you know, make that really hum and automate that more. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of one of those areas. It's not the sexiest area, but it's probably one of those areas that uh, is getting some focus at, uh, you know, at, at corporations and, and TNCs and agencies. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's something that, you know, we've been taking, just taking a look at and talking about to, to understand like, you know, is there a way for ARC to help? Is there a way for us to play? Right. You know, right. don't know exactly yet, but it's something that we're obviously that we want to, that we want to work with our TMCs on, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I think that it's also another demonstration of how like, you know, we're going to have, like, we're in this kind of the middle of the pandemic right now, at least mm -hmm. in the U.S., right? Um, yeah. um, and globally to a lesser degree in other places. Yeah. But right. eventually we will come out of this, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually we will get to some sort of next phase. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that, like, it's not like it's just going to go back to normal and pick a date, <laughs> right? It's going to be right. this phase of like, okay, we've dealt with that problem. And now we have this new problem. <laughs> that we need to deal with, right? Right, right? And and it's I guess it's just indicative of what this recovery is probably ultimately going to look like, which mm -hmm. which is as you kind of said in the beginning, it's you know it's not going to be linear at all, right? We've mm -hmm. seen that already. Right. But right. I think it's right. it's going to be interesting to watch how how we continue to adapt, and then ultimately how we maybe repurpose some of what we've learned in the future for mm -hmm. like who knows what, right? Um, right? Right. You know, the next time a volcano blows up in. Uh, Yes. <laughs> no, it, it's a good point. And I, I would say over the past, I mean, probably since 9-11, like the, the focus and, and I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm dwelling too much on corporate travel management, but that's oh, yeah, kind yeah. of the uh, I, I live in. But, you know, duty of care, risk management, um, being able to repatriate people and, and find people should something happen. Like you said, whether it's a, it's a volcano and you got to get, uh, you know, back home or if there's an outbreak of some contagion here or there, you want to, you know, make sure everyone's okay and kind of get them, them back. So, I mean, the, the good thing, a lot of those systems have, have been built up. I think mm -hmm. the, the, the point of, you know, travel management, putting more emphasis on duty of care and traveler safety has already been there. And then this, of course, is a big, you know, stress test for that, or maybe we find, you know, blind spots that, that we, you know, that we had before that we're filling now. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely see that being um, just, just more an emphasis of, of travel management, the way companies kind of, uh, you know, work with their, their traveling employees and then how they work with, you know, their, their partners and the, you know, the agency and supplier. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it'll, um, also, as people start going back to, into traveling, right, as they start traveling again, it's a better way of putting it, um, it, you know, there's obviously going to be a tier of how people address, like how people start traveling. So like, yes, I don't right. care. I'm going to get on an airplane, right? right. To right. Right. absolutely not. There's not a 100 there. I am not until everybody's been vaccinated, right? There's going to be the right. spectrum right. of people. Right. And I think what's going to, what's going to be interesting is how like we start measuring that travel a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. looking at it from not just from a um, you know cost of trip perspective, but also from like a health of the traveler, right? Safety yeah, of the traveler. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, was the trip? And again, like you know, it's all driven on who like budgets, right? So right, not just right. the cost, but also the essentially, essentially also, also the return of that trip, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And exactly. it's just it. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see where that goes, or right. if we just and at least in the corporate travel space, just end up back in the traditional trip cost X and that's how we measure it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and um, you know, I 
I, I don't know, but, but yeah. you're right. I mean, we're kind of at a, at a, at a weird juncture right now because we have, we have two problems and one is economic, right? We are kind of in this recessionary environment with a high unemployment rate and, and that alone. And, you know, a lot of companies and a lot of industries are really in kind of cost cutting or, mm-hmm. you know, cash preservation mode. So that alone doesn't lend itself to, you know, a robust travel market, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, on the business side. And then you throw into that just the uncertainty and, you know, maybe lack of comfort of, of traveling either during pandemic or, 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 or post pandemic that, you know, brings in more of kind of like a, you know, traveler, you know, safety, security. Like there's, there's, a, there's a social and a psychological aspect yeah. to it as well that I don't know if we've ever confronted both of these at the same time um, to this magnitude. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I know everyone's kind of thinking, oh, what's, what's the new normal, you know, oh, does Zoom, and, um, you know, teams, you know, all these remote conferencing, you know, systems just totally take over business travel. I don't know. I, I don't see it as a one-for-one replacement. But I also hear people saying, you know, we're more comfortable using these, these tools. We've kind of seen, you know, how, how to work through, through that and be maybe uh, efficient and effective um, from home. So, mm-hmm. so, so I, I think it'll be, be interesting. And I... Uh, you know, far be it for me to have any, you know, predictions of what travel looks like two years from now. We kind of know what it looks like right now. Yeah. Which is travel, you know, there's, there's, there's anxiety. A lot of companies, you know, from a policy, policy perspective, it's kind of easy, right? It's like travel free. That's <laughs> yeah. an easy policy to implement. Like just don't travel. Um, and then it kind of looks, and then you go ahead from that and, you know, how do companies view, you know, travel, um, especially kind of, you know, pre-vaccine and then, you know, after we get to a, a new normal, what does that look like? What kind of policies are around there? Do we, you know, travel less generally or do things eventually open back up um, and people just kind of go back to, to where we were? I, I, I don't know, yeah. but, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I will say this, like, I... After what we've all been through and what we're going through, we're just, everyone's just far more tuned in to the risk of a pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, this is what it do. So I do worry about even if we get past COVID, right? Like, let's hope we beat this thing and it's gone and it's, you know, at some point a distant memory. But now I think we're going to be a little more wary the next time an outbreak, you know, comes yeah. out, right? And it could be localized. It could be small. But do people retrench far more quickly than they would have in the past? Um, you know, just knowing what, what a pandemic or, you know, what starts as an epidemic or, you know, a localized outbreak, what that can do to, mm-hmm. you know, us personally and as businesses, right? I think that'll be another interesting element is, you know, how, 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 how wary do we get the next time something, something pops up? Yeah. And like something will pop up. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, and I think it's on, it's on everybody to like make that part of kind of their risk, their risk planning. Right. 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 Um, I, I, you know, I know that like, it was something that always like personally, right. It was something always in the back of my mind that like, Oh, there might be a pandemic one, one day because that's what the, right. uh, that's what the experts say. And right. Um, right. that's what the end of the world podcast said. Right. Like, <laughs> but, right. but experiencing it is obviously an entirely different, an entirely different yeah. thing. And, even one thing I, I think is going to be interesting is to see how like just general behavior changes as a result mm-hmm. of, of this, you know, mm-hmm. especially like in the U S 
you will, I, my prediction is you will see more masks more frequently in the future on airplanes, right? Mm -hmm. and that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing, right? Yeah. Especially if people right. think that they're not well or they still need to mm -hmm. get on an airplane, like that's probably a good behavior change. Or yeah. simply like people learning actually how to wash their hands. Right. <laughs> like that was one of the I'm weirdest right things. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the beginning of all this, like how many people aren't washing their hands out there? <laughs> But it, it will be interesting to just see how like our collective behavior changes as a result yeah. of like individual risk assumptions, right? Yeah, exactly. And just even aside from business travel, how does the workplace change and how does the workforce change? Because mm -hmm. I think that's I mean, maybe before thinking about, you know, how we get back to travel, a couple of companies right now, because a lot of offices are still closed. They're, they're yeah. rethinking kind of the, you know, the office environment and then also is there a portion of our employee base that, you know, can, can really do this well, you know, virtually just open up more, you know, a, a more virtual workforce? And then how does that trickle on into how travel happens? I mean, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, I, I think there's, there'll be some shifts in, you know, like you said, personal behavior, but also just kind of, you know, corporate behavior, you know, what, what, what do our facilities look like? Um, what does our workforce look like? How are they distributed um, and all that stuff? Yeah, I think that's a really travel side of things. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, because if like company like right, like Twitter decided it's not going back to the office ever, right? right, right <laughs> so right. that opens up an entire essentially it opens up a world for hiring, but like right. that transforms travel from a business perspective, because now instead of sending with somebody from San Francisco to Beijing, you might just be able to send somebody in Beijing, <laughs> right? <laughs> But you're going to want to bring teams together. So now there's going to be more travel kind of to right. those like groupings within the organization. It'll be fascinating to see how kind of those trends shift um, yeah, as a no, result of this. It's such a good point, right? Like, um, you know, if you're based, if I'm based in Cincinnati and say you're a company based in Cincinnati, well, you know, in the past, your workforce would be based here and they would all come to an office. But now, like you said, the world of hiring opens up to you and you can get the best candidates and they can work from home. But you're right, that does also open up new travel opportunities because teams want to collaborate, whether it's quarterly or monthly or a couple of times yeah. a year. I think that can kind of, you know, facilitate, you know, a degree of travel for, for, for you know, internal travel for, for them to get together. So, um, yeah. you know, a, a lot of unknowns, you can kind of see, you know, different scenarios shaking out from, from all this. Yeah, exactly. And does travel become, does actual business, business travel in particular become more valuable because you have all these new right. collaboration tools that you can use, right? So right. now my tr the trip that I'm taking is an essential trip. It is important right. for me to get right. to do this trip and get something out of this trip. Yeah. So it'll yeah. be it it changes the math, right? Internally. Right, right. Exactly. And I'll say this, I mean, on a personal note, just the isolation of, you know, these past, I don't know, 125 days. I'm looking forward to a trip. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to that next conference. I never thought I would say this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun now to go, uh, well, fun might be too strong, but it sounds um, you know, like, a, like a good natural thing to do to get back on the road and see people in person and all that. Yeah. Really, I don't think the value of that ever goes away, even if you know you find things to kind of supplement it or replace elements of it. I think that impulse to you know connect personally in the same physical space mm -hmm. is, uh, will always have, have, have tremendous value. Yeah, I mean, just as a species, we're naturally, we naturally gravitate towards that in-person engagement, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? 
Find out more about this topic and other ways the travel industry is changing at artcorp.com. That's A-R-C-C-O-R-P.com. Um, kind of switching topics a little bit, um, but I guess on the same vein. I've also found it a little, I found it interesting too that even with all of the disruption, there's still some, I'll call it like trending business as normal. Um, <laughs> particularly in the space of consolidation acquisitions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I saw, you know, Frosh acquired CorpTrav the other week. Um, Acelia um, kind of swooped in and acquired Fairlogix right. after their, uh, their, their deals. They were kind of fell apart from the, the UK mm -hmm. ruling. Um, you know, like, what are you kind of seeing in that space? What are some of your thoughts around further acquisitions and consolidation within yeah. this market? Yeah, so um, well, I'll kind of start on the, the the TMC side. I mean, the the trend toward agency consolidation has been long established, right? I mean, we were going to see mergers and acquisitions this year in the agency space, like we did last year, yeah. regardless, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure you can look at just whatever arc numbers you have and how many accredited agencies there are, and just kind of look at you know the trend lines over the past you know, decade or whatever. So this, this was firmly in place. It'll continue to be in place. You know, the, 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 the question is, does, you know, where we are now accelerate that? Um, I would say conventional wisdom is probably, yeah, it does. Um, although it's, it's kind of tricky right now. I don't know if it does right now, um, or if it's three months from now, or if it's six months from now or a year from now. But it, it, it's kind of interesting right now because if you're a if you're an agency buyer, you need cash, right? I mean, you need capital yeah. to make an acquisition, and we're in such a like a cash constrained environment where yeah. every travel business that I can think of is really kind of uh, you know keeping that close. You don't want yeah. to part with too much, and then. On the flip side, you know, a seller, if you're an agency and you're selling the business, you need a price, right? You need to have a valuation. And I don't know, I don't know how you value a travel business in the middle of, of 2020. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's makers makers out there who are really creative and they can, you know, I, I, I don't know too much about this. So I'm sure they can, you know, overcome both of those hurdles. So I, I do see, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a need for consolidate, not a need, but a, uh, just, just a, a general, you know, motion toward consolidation, but how you execute that right now, um, you know, might be a little tricky. Um, and then, you know, the, the flip side of that is, um, for better or worse, you know, consolidation isn't always mergers and acquisition. Yeah. You know, um, companies concentrate as companies fail, right? And, you know, it's regrettable, but just given where we are in the travel business, I think everyone is expecting to see some companies, you know, fail, whether mm -hmm. that's, you know, liquidate or, you know, go under or kind of do a distress type, type, type sale. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how that happens and I'm not, you know, guessing any, yeah. you know, there, but, um, but that seems to be something that people are expecting, especially in this industry, because, mm -hmm. I mean, right now, I mean, it's, it's survival and it's a, it's a math problem. You know, we, we have so much cash. This is our burn rate and right. this is some of our revenue forecast that can put, you know, especially travel businesses in a really, you know, tough time, especially if we see this curve kind of, you know, the demand curve kind of, you know, stay bumpy or stay down. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think there will be more, 
with or without this this pandemic, there would have been more mergers and acquisitions, consolidation. Um, it's just a matter of you know what that looks like and you know, how that happens exactly when. Um, and then you mentioned the Excelia thing, which the fair logic, you know, song. It, it's been such a, a a fascinating. I mean, I'm sure like you know. Their logic and Saber have a different word than fascinating for, mm. for all this. It's been an interesting, um, you know, thing, you know, and then to see Excelia come in and buy Fair Logic after all they had been through with Saber. And I don't need to, like, you know, go through everything that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, Saber had been able to acquire Fair Logic in 2018. You know, the Department of Justice stepped in. Um, it ultimately got, uh, you know, they sued to, to block it. They DOJ lost the suit. Saber prevailed. They could have gone through, but then the UK regulators came in and pretty much put a put a stop on it um, just before the merger agreement, um, you know, was expiring. So you know they walked away. I don't know how much, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise. I don't know if 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 right now is the right time for a company like Saber to part with you know three hundred and sixty million dollars or whatever the value yeah. of that was right at the time. Um, but then I guess, you know, Excelia was, was opportunistic and they have, you know, private equity backers and they gave, you know, Fairlogic's a, a, a new home. And I think it's ultimately good for Fairlogic. I think they can get some of the things they were looking for in the Sabre acquisition, which was just more support, more global reach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just more maybe kind of like uh, deployment. Um, and kind of system like delivery rigor and all that stuff. So I, I, I think it's I think it's good for for them. But um, yeah, that was that, I think that was more prompted by the Saber deal, you know, following falling through than any kind of like oh it's COVID we're in the yeah. middle of pandemic let's acquire something. So um, so yeah, that's been the it's been an interesting uh, saga for sure. Yeah, and it's it'll be interesting to see how that does kind of play out, particularly with like, you know, to a certain degree, everyone keeps asking like, what's going on with NDC? NDC is still happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's still yeah. implementations right. going on. And yeah. so it just, I think that's going to create a very interesting player in the market. Just mm-hmm. again, the uh, Fair Logics is gonna get kind of a lot of what they were seeking in order right. to scale up and, you know, innovate, innovate uh, more than, you know, even more. Um, right. And Excelia has this new kind of partner that puts them into a different space within the uh, within the right. transaction flow, right? Right. Um, right. So I think I think it'll be very interesting to, uh, to yeah. kind of see how it shakes out. Yeah. Exactly. And Excelia also has. I mean, they've been. I mean, they're more in kind of like that back office and revenue accounting kind of space, but they have a huge installed base of mm-hmm. of airlines that can only help you know their logic kind of get in front of you know uh, you know a new audience. Yeah. Um, or you know, kind of expand their their reach into you know the airline sector. But um, you're right. You know, NDC is is interesting. Um, I agree. It's still you know it, it's still happening. I think like the the strategic rationale for NDC for airlines is not going away. Right. They yeah. want to become better retailers. They want to merchandise better. They want to know who's shopping. They want to you know have just the pipe to do more dynamic pricing and dynamic bundling, deliver more rich content mm-hmm. uh, to the end user. So all that I think is is still there, but you know, as we are in 
in 2020. And if you look at the airline industry, very resource constrained. Yeah. Um, and I do get a sense that it's kind of like, you know, the deployment, the development, all that stuff is probably slowing a little bit. I think it's still, you know, definitely active at some, some airlines. But, you know, if, if you're a company and you, if you're an airline and you drew up kind of a, a strategic plan and it was on paper in, in December of 2019, it probably looked, you know, that was probably out the window <laughs> by, by yeah. March. And, you know, your, your priorities got, got re-ranked and I, I, I don't see, uh, I, I, I don't think there's an airline where NDC went up the, yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. priority list. So, um, so yeah, it's still there. I think everyone is, is, is still engaged, but it just might be, you know, a little bit of a backseat right now in terms of the near term. But I think long term, I think the, you know, what, what, where that goes is still, you know, on track. Yeah. And like, even if, you know, as we kind of think about what this, you know, it, it's going to be a smaller industry. We all, we've all said it, we all know it, um, yeah. where being able to merchandise better, being able to understand your customer better is going to be more important than ever. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I'm, again, this is sort of like back to that, like, okay, we're in certain, we're going to be in phases here right now. We're all in like survival phase. Um, right, right. right. And we will get to a phase where it's going to be like, okay, how do we maximize our our investments? How do we maximize our spend? How do we more efficiently and, um, you know, leverage automation in order to better capture a customer, right? Right. right, Um, right. And I think that'll be a very interesting period. Um, Yeah. When we inevitably, hopefully, I say inevitably, hopefully, inevitably get there, right? Um, And it also kind of brings up the idea of, you know, I don't want to get into I don't want to get deep into the air travel economic space because mm-hmm. that's a rabbit hole that we could go down for a while. But it does bring up some thoughts around, you know, what is the future of of pricing and charging in this industry, right? We're so right. transaction focused right, right now, right. and that's just how we've been built. But right. could there be alternative models in different right. pieces of this industry that kind of pop up as a result of shifting right. concepts and behaviors? Right, right, exactly. And um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think right now, if, if this opportunity is good for anything, it's to rethink everything you do. And, you know, when I look at the agency space and, you know, businesses like GDSs, it has been so transactionally focused, right? And if you live by the transaction, you die by the transaction. Yeah. So when you get to a March when, you know, new bookings just fall off the cliff, and then you have the opposite problem where cancellations are going up, which kind of puts you in like kind of a, a negative net booking yeah. type of kind of territory. I think a lot of people are saying, okay, is this the right model for us? And we're already hearing it. I mean, in the, in the TMC space, I've talked to quite a few that are, you know, take, taking a, a deep look at like, you know, is transaction based pricing is charging our corporate client for every booking the right way to go? Because I think there's a strong case to be made that a, travel management company does not create value by booking a ticket and fulfilling a ticket, right? It's about all the services that they wrap around that. Um, so I think, you know, TMCs really have to look at like, you know, where do we, where do we, where do we create value for our customers and what value are they willing to pay for and how does that change the way, you know, we price our products. So I do see like kind of a moving away from transactional models. I don't think they completely go away. There's yeah. still the, predominant kind of mechanism of, of um, you know, kind of, you know, client service provider compensation. But, um, you know, I, th- I think you'll start to see, you know, some more experimentation with a subscription type model or, you know, kind of a management fee model or, you know, kind of this, this idea that, oh, we 
your travel spend on average is X number. We take a few percentage points of what your mm. travel spend is just to manage everything. And it's the bookings, it's the account management, it's the data analysis, it's the, you know, um, supplier sourcing kind of, kind of support. And it's the traveler services right. too, right? It's like you can reach out when you, when you need help. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that will, you know, hopefully get to a more value based, um, you know, pricing model in, yeah. in various sectors because I think that's ultimately what it's about, right? Where, you know, where, where do we as a company provide value to our clients and, you know, how do they, how do they pay for that? What, what do they want and how do they pay for that? Yeah, I think that it just, and again, like we've kind of, with the need to know where your travelers are, particularly like in an event like March where everything just started shutting right. down, right? right? It just kind of continues to reiterate the value that TMCs bring to organizations, um, you know, and the need for them to be able to access that customer information, regardless of where that customer booked, um, right, right, you know, right. particularly, right? Because in so many instances, it's, you know, if I'm on the road, I'm, I might need help. And they're the first right. line of kind of my help. And right, right. I think it'll be fascinating to see how that value continues to evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't see it going, I don't see it diminishing. I only see it like growing mm -hmm. as this kind yeah. of, we kind of move through this. Um, yeah. And the kind of the percentage-based concept that you talked about was interesting because that's really like the marketing guy. Um, you know, that's, that's the ad buy model, right? Where, right. where I, I do the ad buys, I work with the, with the, um, with the media companies, et cetera, et cetera. And then I take that percentage of, of it for all of that extra work outside right. of simply right. going, I would like to buy an ad, please. Right. 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 Exactly. Here's the transaction and uh, here's the, the, the pay for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just wrap up, um, you know, I I'm curious if, you know, what is Jay Bamer's kind of like, what's that new normal to you look like? Is there even a new normal that we can predict at this point, or are we totally just kind of going one day at a time here? <laughs> you know, so I mean, there's kind of the new now, right? There's the new abnormal of, you know, how do we, you know, travel and how do we manage travel through a pandemic? And then I think the new normal um, really kind of happens once we get past this and, you know, what behaviors change, what 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 do companies need in their in their travel programs? What what what's important to the traveler, right? And then how do you know suppliers you know reach that? You know, I I don't know if you know mask policies and you know sanitation procedures. I don't know if that's as relevant two or three years. Maybe it is, but yeah. um, you know, uh, so I I don't know what the 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 new normal looks like. Um. I will say I think it's going to be a few years before we get to a position to even to even think about new normal, right? Yeah. Because I think we just have to get through this this strange time and get past COVID, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a whether it's a treatment, whether it's you know whatever. And I think it's at that point where we get to say, okay, this is the moment where we think. It's yeah. new normal time now, but right now it's just new abnormal and it's weird and we're kind of, you know, taking it day by day. So, uh, so I know it's not the most interesting answer, but <laughs> I, I, I have to wait and see, um, you know, what that, that looks like and how that's defined. Yeah. We'll just one day kind of wake up and be in it and realize yeah. we've been in it for a bit and okay, now we're going to go off and we're doing, our, we're going to do our thing. <laughs> well, I, you know, whether new or old, I'm just craving normal right yeah. now. So, uh, 
I'll, 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 whatever the new normal is, anything normal sounds, sounds pretty good. <laughs> totally, totally understand that. Well, thank you, Jay, so much for joining me today. This was so much fun. And, um, you know, I really look forward to uh, seeing you at, at an event in the future, whether that's um, yeah. Travel Connect, The Beat Live, or someplace in between. Um, just, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, and I, I look forward to that day as well, because, you know, we can talk about, you know, we're all doing our Zoom meetings, but it's just not the same. I'm looking forward to being in the, the same room with, uh, you know, people I enjoy talking to and learning from and uh, can't come soon enough. So, uh, so that'll be uh, maybe that first step toward normal. So I look forward to it. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to ARC Talk. For more conversation on air travel, subscribe to ARC Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. At ARC, we believe data is the best way to plan for the future. To see ARC's latest airline sales data, updated weekly, visit arccorp.com. That's A-R-C-C-O-R-P.com. If you're in a position where comprehensive insights could help your business, check out ARC Travel Demand. ARC's data product designed to help companies measure consumer air travel purchasing behavior and anticipate future demand. Thanks so much for listening. You can subscribe to ARC Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more updates, follow us on Twitter using the handle ARCTalk, and follow the Airlines Reporting Corporation on LinkedIn. Until next time, I'm Peter Kane, and remember, as J.R.R. Tolkien once wrote, not all those who wander are lost.